You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 83, talking about why it's so hard for us to give responsibility away. And now I'm saying this sentence to fill in the space. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who plays volleyball with his fist. What's going on, guys? How are you today? Really glad to be with you. I'm Seth. And today on the show, I just want to do something really quick and ask you a quick question. It's just going to be me, no guest today. Um, I've been thinking about some things and working through some stuff, wrestling with stuff in my own life, and wanted to kind of bring that up with you, with, with you who probably deal with some of the same things. And it's the simple question of, why don't we want to give things away? What is so hard about letting go of part of our job as a communicator, and it really could be a leader of any kind, you're a pastor, you're an executive, whatever. What is so difficult for us to delegate? Why are we, why is it so hard for us to pass the torch or, or, or give away responsibility? And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of examples of this in our lives. We, we definitely are like, um, very passionate about what we do. There's a reason we're in the position we're in. We all recognize that we have talents and gifts and callings, et cetera. And I think that there's part of us that um, just has a hard time letting go, just simply has a hard time letting go. And there's a couple of reasons why I know I have a hard time with it. And I'm going to kind of list some of those. So maybe you can identify with that. But um, I want to start off by just saying that as a communication director in a church, there are, as I've done this more and more, I've realized there are things that are considered communications that I'm not really great at. Like I can do some things pretty well. There are some things I feel like I'm an, uh, I'm close to an expert or at least competent and I can handle it. Um, there are some things where I feel like, yeah, I'm okay with this and this is, this is great, but it's not my favorite. And there's some things that I'm just like, I never want to do this. Like uh, one of the things I never want to find myself doing, I found myself doing a lot. And that is, I do not need to be making web pages for our, our church. When I'm doing that, that's a scary thing because uh, I'm not super high detail. And, and with web, man, you need detail people working on the back end of your website a lot of times because details matter when you're dealing with websites. And so I've, uh, I think I was at my, my church, I'm at Hope Fellowship in, in Frisco and McKinney, Texas. And I think I was there and our website was not great, but it was functioning. You know, I came on staff maybe two months and in, I decided that I'm going to update WordPress because that's what I always do on my website, right? I'm going to update WordPress. And so without thinking, without backing it up, I just hit update and man, I have never seen a website so broken in my life. It just stupidly broke. And what it was, was basically, if you're a nerd in this kind of realm, this will make sense. Um, Our website was coded with a lot of custom plugins. And when you update WordPress, those plugins have to be, you know, worked on as well. They, you can't just upload uh, sorry, you just can't update WordPress like a crazy person and expect everything to work. So I updated it and realized, man, I broke it. And that's where we coined the phrase like Seth knows enough to be dangerous. And that's a phrase that we we kind of throw around sometimes when we recognize that we're in that place where you know some things about it, 
but you're not really competent. You're not really the best at it, and but you just know enough to really be dangerous. And I think there's whatever area that is for you. Maybe you know enough about social media to really be dangerous. You know how to post. You know how to make graphics, but you don't really know how to interact with people. And so when they interact, you're dangerous. You know, maybe that's it for you. Maybe it's uh, you started trying to do an email automation uh, for people that join your list at your church, and man, it just started sending off crazy stuff. And you know, it it sent the 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 default. Um, oh, no, sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about. It sent some other email that you had made up or whatever. Who knows? It just messed it up. Who knows what your deal is, right? My deal is kind of websites. So I don't like messing with websites. I like other people to do that. Social media wise, like I'm like I, when I'm there, I feel very comfortable in social media, podcasting, creating content, writing. I feel very comfortable with that stuff. But when it gets to the things that I'm not real great at, it's like it's been a really tough two years, kind of learning. Uh, and gaining a little self-awareness that there are things that I'm not really great at. So when you get to that point, which we all do, hopefully you get to that point. I hope you're be- trying to become self-aware enough to realize there are things in communications that you need to hand off. Um, I realized there's a reluctance to hand it off, even though I know I'm not very good at it. And I had to go like, okay, where does that come from? Why does th- Why is that so hard, right? Why do I want to keep something that I really don't want to do? So, so I kind of I wrote some things down of just uh, a couple of reasons that I've worked through in the, in the last couple of months, just kind of thinking about some of these ways, because our team needs to expand. And so for us to expand, I have to let some things go. And that's where this really comes from. Our team is expanding and we need to let, I need to let some things go that I'm going to have to trust somebody else with. And I'm finding myself having a difficult time doing that. Uh, and, and I'm at a point now where I'm kind of over it. So I'm, that's why I'm coming to talk about it now. And I feel like I've come to a good realization point where I'm good and I'm able to hand some of the, these things off, but I want to work through with you, what I worked through so that you can maybe see, and you might need to work through, through some things too. So first of all, one of the main reasons that I I think I didn't want to give something away is just sheer ego. And I'm just gonna be real transparent with you. Ego is a problem for everyone. We all have pride. We all have this, uh, need to feel important. And, uh, I do a lot of work in the Enneagram. I'm a four. And one of the major things about a four is they want to be valued. They want to feel valuable. And man, that's so true for me. So true for me. I, I really do love it when people go, man, I love your podcast. I love your blog or whatever. And they're encouraging. And it just makes me feel great. And I can ride that wave of excitement and, and dopamine for forever. But, uh, <laughs> uh, ego really is, is one of those things that all of us deal with. And I think when we don't want to hand off responsibility, a lot of times it's because we feel like we're handing something, we're admitting that we can't do something very well. And not only admitting that we're a failure in some way, but that somebody else is better than we are at it. And so they should have the responsibility and leadership and authority or whatever it is that we have. It's almost like we've lost some kind of game. And, and the lie of the devil, I think is, is this, is that there's a game even going on. We're all on the same team, right? So it's really not passing. And and that may not be your situation. You might actually be in a very unhealthy church, toxic situation. And this may not be quite right. You might actually not all be on the same team. And that's something completely different. But in an ideal world where we're all, you know, striving to please God and we're we're trusting each other with with the best in each other uh, that God has called us to be. 
um, ego really is an internal battle. It's something that we have to fight uh, on our own. Well, not on our own, but with help. But really, the battle is inside. And I think that sometimes we we find ourselves not wanting to let go of something that we're really not great at and we don't even like because um, because it's mine, because I'm supposed to, or because I don't want somebody else to have it. And, uh, you know, it's just ego. It's just straight up ego. Second thing I said, um, uh, that I found is that it actually comes from kind of a good place sometimes too, that goes wrong. And the second, uh, reason I don't want to give things away sometimes is because I want to feel like I'm pulling my weight. Like I don't want to hand things off to people who are, who already seem like they're working hard and I don't want to, I don't want to It's the old Jim Gaffigan line. It's like, if you want to know what it's like to, to, uh, to be a parent, then, uh, just imagine you're drowning and then someone hands you a baby. <laughs> and I feel like I don't want to hand people babies that already look like they're drowning. And, and I just feel like that's, that's what I do sometimes if I need to offload some responsibility or some decision-making or, uh, some task or whatever. And I think that makes me feel like I'm saving them when actually I'm, I'm really hindering them because they could do the job easily or better. And I, and, and I've found that sometimes it's just me like, Hey, do you have the bandwidth to take this? And they'll tell me yes or no, especially if we have a good relationship. And, and then I can say, okay, we'll, we'll take this. Um, instead of assuming that they can't, because then I end up because I want to pull my own weight, which is a good thing. I actually hinder the team by taking on so much that I can't actually get it done. And so I end up missing deadlines and I end up uh, making things slow down because I can't seem to, to give this away on this fake premise, this false premise that uh, they can't handle it, which really is a lack of trust in my team, to be honest. So um, that's the second big thing. And I think those are the two real big rocks. And there's a couple others that uh, I've started to, to recognize as well. Um, there's an expectation that I have on myself. And sometimes I think others have it on me as well. And, and, uh, if you're a one on the Enneagram, this is huge because your internal monologue is just going crazy, constantly telling you how terrible you are. So there's these expectations you have on yourself to be able to do all these things. And in reality, your pastor, your boss probably hasn't asked you to be the best at all those things. And this is one of the lessons that you learn, um, usually just by messing up. Uh, it's that your job is not to do all the things it's to make, all, make sure all the things get done. And that's a very different perspective is that if I'm making sure they get done, then it's a team and I can ask other people to do things. But if I think I have to do it all, then the team ends up twiddling their thumbs, which is something old timey people do, I think. And they, they wonder what they're even there for. And I'm doing all this work and I might even feel like a hero when I come up for air and go, Oh man, I just did this and this and this and this. And the team's like, yeah, great. You're awesome. We're bored. What can we do to help? You know, we have all these dreams and aspirations too. And I really have false expectations or, or incorrect ex expectations that really do come from a sense of responsibility, but are not founded in actual facts, which is always a problem. Um, especially with someone like me who very, very much, very does, who very much feels the emotional pull of the decision in the moment most of the time. Um, so expectations can be an issue. Number four, and this is a very real thing. You may actually have no one to hand things to. Uh, I, I realized that in a lot of situations in the church, this is a very real thing. There is no one else that can do it. There's no one else that even is offering. There's no one else that even has said, hey, if you need some help, I'll be there for you. You know, when I was a youth pastor, 
I remember uh, my office at one of the churches I was at, it was out in another building and the rest of the offices were in the main building. And I actually liked that because, you know, again, I'm an introvert. I like to be alone, had some time to myself. It was quiet. I could do whatever I wanted out there. Plus I had the whole youth room was out there. So if I wanted to go out there and, you know, test out my new guitar amp or whatever, or pedal, who am I kidding? I don't get new guitar amps, but I could test out all kinds of loud stuff and be loud and play the drums and, and, you know, test, you know, practice a skit or do whatever I wanted to do. And, uh, nobody was going to come out there and and interrupt and I wasn't going to interrupt anybody. So I remember that being the moment where it was like, um, I felt really good about that, but I, 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 I sank into this depression kind of thing. And a lot of that was because I, I suddenly or slowly actually began to realize how very much alone I was out there and not just alone in my office. That just really accentuated the fact that I was alone in ministry. Now I had a volunteer team of 15. Um, there were people on staff that I worked, I talked to and interacted with daily. I'd go over the other building or whatever, but feeling very much alone in that I had to make all of this happen. I had to make the graphics. I had to lead the band and sing the songs and plan the worship. And I had to be there for practice. I had to make sure that our pro presenter slides were in order and they looked good. I had to be the one to edit videos. I had to be the one that did social media, which I didn't do very well at the point at that point at all. Uh, and it was still pretty big. That's what's crazy. Um, I, I did, I did the message. I had to plan and to speak. I had to do my illustrations. I had to set it all up. I did everything until we got to that moment where we ran the deal. And then I handed some things off because I just, I couldn't be in two places at once. In fact, there was a time where I did, I started using my iPad to control pro presenter from the stage during my message so that I could make sure I, I clicked things along in the right order and I didn't have to have a student or a volunteer do it because we didn't have anybody to do that. I had somebody that could do push the down arrow for songs and I made sure those were in order. So we had to do those in that order and it had to sing verse, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. It had to be that way because that's the way the slides were. I just remember being like exhausted of all that. I'm exhausted talking about it for that, for that matter. I mean, my gosh, I literally didn't really have anyone to hand it to. So I understand for you as a communication director, all the different things that have to have happen, or you're a pastor or whatever, you might actually be in a situation where there's just no one to hand it to. And the only solution I have for you are, are two things, two suggestions. One is consider what you're doing and ask yourself seriously, do I have to do all of this? Is this all really necessary? Because your personal health is very important. So it really won't matter if, you know, how much you accomplish and were able to do if you're in a hospital, it just, it just won't matter. So make sure you're staying healthy, emotionally, physically, et cetera, and realize that, man, you know what? we just didn't have a game tonight or we just didn't, I just didn't go that extra mile with this video this week. I had to settle for 60 to 80% because hundred percent would have killed me. You know, you have to kind of assess that. That's the first thing. And the second thing is I would really ask your, your friends and staff in the church to help you find people because there may be people you just don't know about. Cause I know what it's like when you get your head down and you're just working You th- and you think, man, I'm just alone. Um, you might not really be alone. 
that's, that's very real. When I was in that situation, I remember thinking, I'm just going to ask if anybody in my team knows anyone. And I realized that I had somebody who was great with video. I had another person willing to come early and do the slides. I had some, a student that was ready to lead our student worship band that could just do it on her own. And I started handing some of those things off and going, man, this is better. (laughs) So uh, that's my just get healthy. Make sure you need to do everything you're actually doing. And then second, that you might not actually be alone. You might just ask. So uh, number four, that's four. I mean, number five. The other uh, reason I didn't want to give things away sometimes is because I don't think I have time to show someone how to do it. I might find someone that could learn, but they're like so in square one and I need someone in square four that's ready to go. And so I'll just do it myself. Let me just tell you guys, that is a trap. It is a trap. It is a trap. It is a trap. Um, it is a, it is a way to, to make sure that your foot stays in the trap and you never can go further than the chain will allow you because, uh, you probably are saying, I want to go fast. I just want to go fast. I want to get it done. And fast isn't always the best thing. It's sometimes better to slow down for a second so that you can go much faster in the next few minutes. And I think it's valuable to stop and go, what do I need to really slow down and do right now to train this person to make sure they're solid so that I can then hand it completely with trust to them and then move on to the things I can only I can do, um, which is an Andy Stanleyism that I've always loved is only do what only you can do. And we're like, yeah, Andy, that's great. You've got 500 staff members, but what do we do? You know, so this is what we do. We have to stop sometimes and go, if I'm going to train this person to be my social media person, then I'm going to have to one, accept a lower standard just at first. I'm just going to have to stop. Two, I'm going to have to spend some time letting them do this, which means social is probably going to suffer. Three, I'm probably going to have to let something else that I do suffer so that I have time to work with this person until they get up to speed. And you just have to spend that kind of time. Slow down to go faster. When you think you don't have time, you have the same 24 hours a day that everybody else does that can seem to do it. So really, it's an allotment of time. It's an organization and a prioritizing of time. How are you going to organize your time to get done what you need to get done? And sometimes you have to let something go for a, for a season in order to grow something that's really, really valuable. And that's uh, just, that's what I've done. And it's helped me a ton. Uh, the last thing I've really figured out that uh, a lot of reasons I don't give things away is because I just don't think anybody will do it right, which really is kind of the ego thing again. Uh, but it's more of like, I have a certain standard. There's a way I think this should be done. If I hand it off to this person, there's a different philosophy or a different way of thinking. And yes, I could train them. Yes, I could teach them. Yes, I could micromanage them. But then that's more work for me. So I'll just do it because they won't do it the right way. And really, that's just a circular reason. It's kind of circular reasoning. It's just uh, it's self-fulfilling prophecy is like they won't do it the way I want them to do it. So I won't ask them to do it. But I need someone to help me. But there's no one to help me but there's this one person, but they won't do it the way that I do it. So I can't ask them. So I don't have anybody and you just keep going around in circles. And I would suggest for that, that really you need to look inside a little bit of yourself and go, why is that? Why is my standard so impossibly ironclad that I believe that I have it down so well that I, 
would not accept any other suggestions or ways to do things. There's no other way to do social. There's no other way to do uh, video. There's no other way to do graphics. Um, I know I design everything in Canva. I can do Photoshop. I can, I can design things in Photoshop, but I prefer Canva. It's easier. Um, if I hire someone to do graphic design, I'm going to hire someone that knows illustrator that knows Photoshop that can work at that level. Um, I wouldn't hire someone that's not as good as I am, you know, because my, I'm, my standards really low. So, you know, we all have these different standards for how we think things should run. And what if you hire someone that's not quite as good as you'd like them to be an illustrator, but that chemistry is just so really good with your team and they're, they're kind of good at this other, at this writing element, you know, you have to kind of just weigh things out. Like, what am I really getting when I work with people at a volunteer level or even hiring staff? Um, no one does it quote, right. According to us, except us. And, and that's what we have to realize is that whatever your standards are, not only are you the only one that could meet them, the, the chances that you, that you always will are, are also pretty low. I mean, I don't know how many times I make things and go, that's not very good. That's not what I wanted. And, and it's, and I have a standard, but I myself did not meet it. So we sometimes impose standards upon people of how we should do things that we ourselves can't even do. And it's really just not fair. It's just not fair. And it's not fair to them. It's not fair to you. Um, and ultimately it's not fair to your ministry because I think someone who does something about 20 to 30% of what you want that could grow into a 80%, 90% success is, is worth that 30% time versus having zero or having you do it. Um, because at the end of the day, here's the deal. You've passed on something and you don't have to do it. And that's, that's nice. Now, what you can do is you can take your time your priorities, your list of things to do today and focus them on the things that you are really good at, that you are one of the best at, that you are gifted at and really leverage that for your church. And now you have a focus in and a specialization even, and it makes your church communication or whatever department you're in stronger because you're able to give more time and uh, attention to the thing that you're already best at. And now you've brought somebody else in to handle some of the things that you're not that great at, or you just need to hand off so that you can focus and let them be good at those things. And you work to train them and all that, but you've delegated and you've, you've passed that on. I think that a lot of us really all kind of stems back to ego at the end of the day, uh, because ego fuels all these arguments inside of why we can't hand these things off and why it can't be done this way. And if my name's going to be on it, it's going to be this good. And, you know, honestly, sometimes your name is on it. You did it. It's not that good. So what are we really talking about here? We're talking about our inability to admit that we have deficiencies because we think people will take that information and they will hurt us with it. And if that is the situation you're in, which is a very real church situation, if it's an unhealthy staff situation, then I am definitely praying for you. But I think that you need to probably take some time to really evaluate relationships in your leadership. Um, the communication director, I know, can be out on an island. It can this this position can be very unique and weird, and you know some some pastoral staff 
don't really understand what we do. Um, some people think we play on Facebook all day or whatever, or we just make pretty designs and it's real simple. We do it real fast, make it pop, etc. And I, it, we know that's not really it. We know there's more to it than that, but sometimes that causes us to retreat out into our office in a building by ourselves to stay away from people just so we can do what we want. But it doesn't really help us in the long run with relationships because influence is relationship. And we have to go out there and and talk to our staff and get involved in their lives and let them get involved in ours, even if they don't show any interest. Trust me, I know that feeling. I know how it feels to, to be like, I'm working real hard and no one really seems to be reciprocating the effort I'm putting into this relationship. That sucks, but we've got to keep pushing forward because what we do has to, we have to try to create a culture where we can delegate things and not feel threatened by that. And I can honestly say I'm thankful to, to work in a situation where I don't feel threatened to give away responsibility, but that may not be the case for you. I'm praying for you. I'm rooting for you. I think you guys do are, are, are incredible at what you do. I've seen a lot of you in our Facebook group. Uh, I've seen you on Instagram, kind of the stuff that you're doing. And the churches that have you are very lucky to have you. They really are. Um, but let's make it so that we can expand and scale up what we do because we've, we're gonna, we're, we're actually seeking humility in what we do uh, as leaders. Because even if you don't have the title of leader, you are a leader. You lead who you want to. And you just have to figure out how to do it. So let's give things away. Let's make sure we're not doing it because of ego and keeping it close to the chest because of ego. Let's make sure we're, we're looking at ourselves and really being honest about what is causing us to not want to give things away. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll let you go. Uh, see you next week. I got uh, Stan Rada coming on. We're going to be talking about discipleship online and how we can do that better. And it is such a fun conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. So go get the show notes for this one at sethmuse.com slash 83. It's the 83rd episode. So sethmuse.com slash 83. And uh, I'll, you can get uh, a link to go to that church conference. You can get links to our, our Facebook group. And I'd love to connect with you at, on online, on Instagram, Facebook, etc. So thanks for listening. See you later. Bye.